You're listening to a Calvary and Adults podcast, a ministry out of Calvary Baptist Church, Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Calvary Young Adults is a midweek worship gathering of those in the Durham region who are between the ages of 18 and 30. We love the Lord, proclaim His Word, and celebrate His goodness. This podcast series is a release of the sermons from Thursday evenings. Let's listen now. The plan within Jesus' plan. So what we are thinking and what we are, are hoping for is that we as a church, as a young adult team, as a young adult family, would come each Thursday and press in just a little bit more than we did the week before and try to figure out what the plan is within Jesus' plan. And we've been talking and we've been preaching and we've been singing and we've been seeing God work in such powerful ways over the last little bit. And tonight, I'm going to be working on week three called The Win Within Jesus' Win. It's up on the screen. Uh, But tonight, before we get there, what I want to do is kind of do a recap uh, of some of the things we talked about the first two nights. So first thing I want you to do, who's got a phone? Take it out. Show me your phone. All right, beautiful phones, beautiful phones. What I want you to do is go on Instagram. Just go on Instagram. And I want you to quickly make a video. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I don't want you to do any of that stuff. I do want you to go to Instagram. If you're not connected to our Calvary Young Adult Instagram page, you should get connected to that because we have a link that goes to our podcast. If you miss a sermon, we post them, uh, usually Friday afternoon. Uh, we have a team of people that will post our, our, our sermons. Uh, if In case you missed something or I went too fast or you were looking for something, um, it's there. And you can also pass that along to people uh, that you may have in mind who, are, who may be struggling with certain things. So please make sure that you're connected to us so you know what's going on. And you can pass our podcast and our information on to other people because we post a lot of stuff. Uh, well, we actually will start, we will be posting a lot of stuff. Our, our dude in the back, Shane, hands up, Shane. There he is. He's on staff with us. He keeps, uh, he keeps everything in check for our page. So if you, have a, uh, if you have a question or if you're looking for something, you can ask me or you can ask Shane. Okay, so the plan within Jesus' plan was week one. And uh, we talked about three Ps. Somebody, what was one of the Ps? Come up, come up here. You have to come up here. It was Leah. I heard her. People are going to start freaking out. Come on up, Leah. Just come up. I'll stay away from you. Have a chocolate bar. (laughs) So that was the first P, position. What's the second P? Protection? Protection? Nope. Nope. That's good. Have a plan, though. Nope. Oh, come on up. Position, potential, what's the third P? Not process. Participation, all right. Have a chocolate bar, come on up. So week one, we talked about position, we talked about participation, we talked about potential. Under position, we talked about the four, the basic four. 
Have you committed your life to Christ? Yes or no? Have you been baptized? Yes or no? Are you a part of a local church through membership? Yes or no? Are you a part of a discipleship group? Yes or no? Those are the basics of getting yourself in touch with God's people and growing together in the community. You need to be committed to Christ. You need to be baptized. You need to be part of a local church and you need to be growing in smaller groups so that you can ask questions. If you are missing any one of those areas or one of those things, you need to come talk to us so that we can get you a part of that. So under, that's under position. Under participation, there were three rhyming words. The first one was go. The second one was whoa is not right. What'd you say? Flow? No. That's in a different sermon. We're going to get to you. Go. Think about growing. What do we have to do? We got to go did he say fuel? <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. You're off. You're off. Show! Whoever said that, get up here and get a chocolate bar. You can come too, because I heard it at the same time. Come on up. And what's the last one? What happens with you when you're a Christian and you're going forward, you're doing something? Growing, yes. Come on up. So go, show, and grow. Going and making disciples, people should see that you're growing, it should show in your life, and you should actually be changing season over season. You look back at the last season, and you're like, okay, I'm a little bit different. I'm still not, I may be struggling with this, but I'm not struggling so much with this. God is helping me. I am growing as a Christian. And the third thing is potential, and that is seek. We are to seek the Lord for your career. How will you serve the Lord? Seek the Lord for your, for your community. What a friends will help you with your plan. Seek the Lord for direction on your family, marriage, children. Am I called to singleness? Am I called to singleness for a period in my life? What does that look like? Seek the Lord on how you will invest time, money, school. What does that look like? So that was week one. If you can't remember week one, go back to the podcast and listen to it because each of us should be on a plan within Jesus' plan. That's week one. Week two was the victory within Jesus' victory. Now, we, we, we looked at four scripture things. The first one was designed. We were designed. What was the second one? We were designed by God. The second one starts with an F. Oh, someone said it. Come on up. Freed. John 8, 32, and you'll know the truth, and truth will set you free, was the third thing. Starts with a P. Protected is good, but it's not right. I love it. What happens when we get to the end of our life? We die, but what happens when we enter into the glory? What, hap- what state are we in? Perfected. Come on up and get a chocolate bar. And what's the last thing that every Christian has been given by the Holy Spirit starts with a G? Grace. <laughs> Grace. Yes. Gift. That's right. Yeah, you should come up and get a chocolate bar because it's gifted. Yes, come up, Julia. So, we are designed by God. We have been freed by God. We are perfected by God. And we are gifted by God. And tonight, here's your challenge. Here's the challenge for tonight. So your plan will, well, actually, before we jump into our plan, we talked about those four things, but in the last sermon, victory within our, the victory within Jesus' victory, we had two, two, two uh, comparisons. There was a setup and 
Set back. Whoever said that, come on up. You have 47 chocolate bars to claim. Get up here. Come up here now and get yours. Setups, setbacks and setups. What's the F's? Don't say the F word. What was it? Not flow. Footholds and footstools. We will have footholds that we will step in. The devil will grab us. And then we will have footstools, things that we will rise above. Then we will have two more F's. Be good. Faith, Faith, yep. Faith what? You just remember faith. Faith breaking moments and faith shape. Now we're getting it. We're getting it. Okay, whoever said that, come get your chocolate bars. Tonight we're going to be talking about the win within Jesus' win. And this week I want to speak to you about how we can win the victory with the plan. So what I want you to do first is stand up. We're going to be interactive tonight. So I want to do this together. We're going to have a scripture, and the scripture is going to be for you personally. Let's put this up on the screen for you. Let's read that together. 1 John 5, 4, 5. Ready? 3, 2, 1. For everyone... Good job. Good strong voices. That is for us. That scripture is for us. We are overcoming. We are going to win. Let's go to the next one. This one's for others. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, So in our life, as we do our plan, we live our life in accordance to help others grow as well. As this scripture says, there is such a great cloud of witnesses of people watching us. There are crowds of people that we know within our workplace, within our our family, within our schools that are watching, and we want to throw off every weight or put to side every weight that is weighing us down, working out the plan. So for others, what's the next one? For the church, let's read this together. Philippians 2, 3. Do. As we gather as God's people, it shouldn't be a popularity contest. We should be helping each other grow. So if someone is doing well in life, you should be blessing them and be blessed by them and encouraging them. If someone is hurting or stressing or needs some help, lend a hand, be a friend, pray for somebody. That's what the church is called to do. Let's do the next one. It's for the world. It's our last one. For the world, James 1.12. Blessed or woman? Let's have a seat. So for you, for others, for the church and for the world. We need to have a plan within Jesus' plan. And here's the challenge for us tonight. How do I win now and how do I win later? 
in the daily grind of working out your plan, you, me- you have to remember that there are going to be setbacks and setups. There's going to be footholds. You'll get stuck, and there'll be footstools. You will rise above. There will be fra- faith-breaking moments. There will be weeks, maybe days or weeks, or seasons where you just are feeling crushed. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're full of anxiety. And there are faith-shaping moments. There are these moments that come in our pathway, into our life, that really shape us. We really, there, there are seasons that really take us a little bit deeper. I'm reminded of the day that the disciples were going across the, across the sea, and this big, this big um, this storm came up. And they were, they were tripping out. They were freaking out. They're, they're looking at each other. These are seasoned fishermen freaking out on the water. And where is Jesus? He's sleeping in the boat. One of the disciples runs in and says, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? He gets up and rebukes the storm. Seasoned fishermen are freaking out, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And that night was a marker for them. I would call it a grace marker, a moment in their life. That would be a faith-shaping moment that the God that they serve is powerful. How do I win? This can be a difficult question to answer, but the Bible teaches, teaches us that Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, Savior, that we study, that we commit our lives to, he came on a rescue mission. He came down. He was born of a virgin. He grew up. He lived a perfect, sinless life and went to the cross. And when he was crucified on the cross and he was about to give up his spirit, what did he say? He said three words to God in heaven, his Father. It it is finished. It is finished. He won. He completed the mission. He is our great victor. But though he has won, and though he has promised us new life, and he promised us a new future, and he promised us a new heaven, and he promised us a new earth, we are still waiting. So we have a win, but we're not in the winful place where we are celebrating the win, where we are living in a style that shows that we are winners, we are still waiting. So Jesus has won, but we are waiting for the prize. And in, and in that waiting, what do we do? Waiting can be hard. See, the win within Jesus' win is all about preparing in the waiting. That's how we find our win. We're always looking for the win. If you know me or if you've done counseling with me or if you've done marriage counseling, I'm always talking about, well, what's the win? What's the win in your life? And tonight, that's what I'm going to teach you about. See, we need a plan. We've already talked about that. We can't just get up and aimlessly do whatever we want. We need to be preparing and using our time and resources in a godly manner. The win within Jesus' win helps us to prepare so we're not wasting. So the other day I saw this video, you might have saw it on TikTok or Instagram, but it went like this. It said, imagine if you wake up every day with $86,400 in your bank account. You see that video? Just imagine if you woke up every day with $86,400 in your bank account. You would do everything in your power to spend it, right? Because you know the next day you're going to get another $86,400. You don't want to leave nothing there. You want to make the best of it, right? Because if you leave the money there, at the end of the day, it's gone. You can't get it back. So you want to 
look at all the, all the opportunity, you want to set a plan, you want to use it up. But think about this. You get 86,400 seconds every single day. That's all. You don't get, those ti- you don't get that time back. You get 86,400 seconds each day. Why waste time? Because it doesn't carry over to the next day. You can't earn interest on it. You can't save it. You got to take each day and each moment and make something out of it. Without a plan, you're going to waste. And when heartache strikes or uncontrollable circumstances take place, we can write off a whole day, we can write off a whole week and waste the resources and not win. How many of you have gone through a certain circumstance in your life, whether it had to do with a, a, a relationship or a job or just, just you're overwhelmed and you just shut down? Yeah, you just close the door, I'm done, I'm not getting up today, I'm going to bed, or I'm just going to kind of put my earbuds in and I'm just going to bypass life and try to just get, get through, the, through the tasks that I'm scheduled to do and your heart is broken, your, your mind is confused, your spirit is shaken, and you don't know what to do. How many of us have been there? Yeah, those, that time is wasted. But we can, with the help of God's word, with his spirit, learn how to cope in those moments so that we, we find the win within the win, or the win within Jesus' win. Learning to see the win every day in whatever you face will help you with fear. It will help you overcome anxiety. It will help you take back control of your emotions. It will settle your heart. If you don't have a plan or a a process to go through when you're freaking out, you're going to spin out of control. How many of you have no plan in your life when things just start to go off track? You just kind of hold on for the ride and hopefully it passes. Yeah, there's lots of us who live like that. I spent a lot of my life living like that. I was speaking to one of our leaders just the other day and I was telling them that uh, I... I had a moment happened, and I could see my emotions just kind of taking control, and I felt like if I don't get a grip on this right now, it's going to wreck my next two days, and the next two days that I have are super important. I had to write a sermon for tonight. I have to write a sermon for Sunday because I'm, re- I'm preaching. I got a lot of things happening this week, and something happened earlier in the week, which would, if I had allowed it to take control, I would have been ruined for the rest of this week emotionally. So learning to see the win will help you. It will also help you direct your path. So here's the question, how do you see the win? Well, for the last 20 years, I've been using something in my life called the game plan model, and this thing is game changing. This game plan model is something I learned when I was a manager at McDonald's. I went away for business, and I learned they didn't teach me the game plan model. We put this together. Uh, I put this together after, but I learned, I learned some tools and some tricks as a manager to ha- kind of help settle your heart and settle your staff when you're going through a crisis. And the game plan model is an acronym, G-A-M-E. Gather the facts, analyze, make a plan, and the last thing is execute. 
And then I always tack on this little tiny E on the game plan. So it's game with a little E, and the little E is evaluate. So gather the facts, analyze, make a plan, execute and evaluate. So when we think about scripture, when we think about gathering in Exodus 16, 17, it says, the sons of Israel did so, and some gathered much, and some gathered little. So when, when, the, when the Israelites were going out to do a task, they had the opportunity to go out and collect. And some did a lot, and some did little. And sometimes when we are facing a problem, we do the same thing. We gather little bits of information, and sometimes we gather lots of information. But which is better? Is it little information we need, or is it lots? We're going to look at that. So gathering the facts, what we have to do is you have any circumstance, any situation, think about one right now. Maybe you're facing something right now that's very hard. Anyone facing any hard things in their life right now? Any of you just went through some very hard things? Okay, reflect back to something that was very hard. The G is gather the facts. And the first thing you have to do when you're in a situation, when things are feeling like they're out of control, is you take every thought captive. You take a step back, maybe sit down, and start thinking about what you're thinking about. Take every thought captive. It's a biblical principle. See, the Bible instructs us to take every thought captive. It's an essential part of Christian living that eludes many of us. Sometimes we just have all these thoughts going through our heads, and, and, and sometimes we have these little voice, this little voice in our head that's telling us to do one thing, and, and we feel like we shouldn't, and, and how do you make sense of all that? So what you got to do is gather the facts. What is actually going on right now? And ask this question. What is the root issue? What is exactly happening? And why am I so upset? I, I always ask those three questions. Okay, what is the root issue? What is exactly happening? And why am I so upset? Flush that out. That's the first thing about gathering the facts. Sometimes you may have to just sit down and actually write this out so that you can see it. I've got to a place doing this for 20 years. I don't have to write it out right now in my life. I can gather the facts. I can look for the root issues. I can see why I'm upset, and I can put it in order to see what, exactly what is happening so that I can process it. So that's the first thing, gather the facts. The second thing is analyze. Once you have your facts down on paper, then look at them. Figure out what are my options. Do I need outside help? Do I need to pray? I would say yes for all when it comes to pray. What type of problem is this? Is this a spiritual problem? Identify it. Is it a physical problem? Is it something to do with your health? Is it a financial issue? Is it an emotional issue? Is it something to do with marriage? Or is there a breakdown in communication? Or is, uh, is there a dating breakdown that is happening? What is actually happening? Be be, um, be very specific about what is happening in the analyzed stage. So write it out. No, I do not need extra help. This is an emotional moment. Yes, I need to pray. Write it down. The third thing for the win within Jesus' win that will help us stay grounded with our emotions and with our plan is to actually make a plan. Not a big life plan, but just a plan to get you through that moment. Ask questions like this. What do I need to do right now to help my situation? 
Ask that question. What can wait? So you have to look at and make that determination. What needs to happen right now, right in the next 10 minutes, and what can wait? Put it down. What can I control? Always, I'm going to give you this example, you can always control your attitude. Is that true? You can always control your attitude in every situation. You may not be able to control your emotions, but you can control your attitude, how you perceive things. That is in your control. What can't I control? If this is something that's being done to me, let's give a situation about workplace. Some people who are working in the workplace are being forced to take a vaccination or lose their job. Is that in your control or outside of your control? Most of that is outside of your control. If you don't do something, they're going to take your job away. So you do have a little bit of control. You can either do what they say or don't do what they say, but there's going to be consequences on both ends. Some things that you will face will be out of your control. And those things you can't, I'm just going to say it like this, you can't stress the most about things that you can't control. Next question to ask is, what three things will I do today to help? So this takes ownership in the issue. What are you going to do to help your situation? Most of the time, we look to place blame. Look, most of the time, we look for others to solve our problems. But God gives us a great, great opportunity to be in on problem solving. So I always ask myself, I usually try to do three. Sometimes I only need to do one thing sometimes two, maybe even more than three, but I ask that question. What are three things that I need to do to help my situation? And the last thing to do is write these things down so that you can see them. Make a list. So you gather the facts, you analyze, you make a plan, and the last part is you execute. you got to put the plan in motion, and you have to do it now. A lot of the time when we were learning how to do this and I was implementing this with, with my training of young adults and, and, and marriage counseling and stuff, they got to this part. They knew how to make a plan, but they stopped. They didn't put the plan into play because sometimes putting the plan into play is, is hard. You made the list, now complete the action steps and check off the box. Here's the thing that you will face when you get to the E of execute is you'll make excuses. Don't make any excuses. Get the job done. Act. If you hit a roadblock in trying to execute your plan, what you got to do is you go back to GAM. You go back to gathering the facts. You go back to analyze. You go back to make a plan. And then you just keep going until you solve the problem. And the small e that we always ask you to do is you ask the question, what did I learn? You see, every situation that we go through, even though it's bad, even though it hurts, even though it's hard, is always an opportunity for us to learn. Every situation is an opportunity for us to grow. Did you know that in the Bible, that most trials that we face actually move our faith forward? We always pray against trials. We pray, God, please keep my life perfect. God, please have everything uh, laid out as a big blessing for me as I do life. But in life, we live in a fallen world and trials come. 
And when we face those trials with honesty, seeking the Lord, eyes up, not just at our circumstances, what usually happens is we grow. We grow through that. And it becomes an opportunity for us when we face similar things in the future, we're able to look back at what we have gone through and say, you know what, I don't have to freak out because I know exactly what's going to happen. I know my emotions. I know the plan that I need to do. I know how to execute that plan. And I'm going to relieve the results up to God. Once you start using the game plan model for a few years, you kind of have kind of like a scoreboard or a, a, a scorecard of all the things you've gone through. So in your mind, you can circle back to things that you've gone through, trials you've gone through, problems you had to solve, and you can apply them in different situations. It helps you lead your life under Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you're taking ownership for you and you're growing. So you ask that question, what did I learn? This process will set you up to complete your goals in Christ. And the thing I love about this process, and if you want to talk about this in, in a, a greater detail, maybe not from like a pulpit, but maybe over coffee, how do I put the game plan model into my life? What this will do is it will protect your mind. And it will protect your heart. And it will protect your soul. And it will protect your strength. Because facing issues and problems and the things that we have to face in, a regular, on a, in our regular grind is exhausting. Half the time the people I'm talking to are just mentally burnt or spiritually drained or their heart is completely just like out of it. But as we do life, as we ask God to bless us, as we press in, our minds stay strong. Our body is some, sometimes strong, sometimes not. <laughs> but our soul can get stronger. Our sanctification can grow. You see, using the game plan model will help you see the world as even though I will have trouble like Jesus promised, I will overcome. And this is not a self-help, self-guru, I need to do these these five steps, and, and everything will be okay. This is, this is one of the process that you can add into your life to help you overcome things by the, with the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The win within Jesus' win is for all of us. See, the win, with, the win that Jesus accomplished for us is he took our sin, and he died on our behalf. And he gives us the Holy Spirit when we commit our lives to him. And that Holy Spirit is our counselor. And what that Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does mainly is not only counsel us, but check this. We don't talk about this a lot, but he convicts us. One of the main goals of the Holy Spirit is to convict the believers so that they live in right standing with God. And a lot of the time, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and we're ignoring him. Give your life fully over to God and you'll start to see the win. The win within Jesus is win. Because what is coming for us is amazing. But we're all going to have to go through a lot of stuff, including death, to get to it. And that just sucks. But there is hope.
There's hope for you. There's hope for the church. And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus, let's have a conversation. The win within Jesus is win. Let's pray. Father, loving you, thanking you, seeing you move in the lives of your people and in your church, God, we just, we just want to thank you for that. We thank you that you have given us scripture tonight for us, that you've given us scripture for others, that you've given us scripture for the church, and you've given us scripture for the world to lead our life by. This scripture really can help us if we press in and we put, put it to play in our life. God, tonight I presented a game plan model. Gathering the facts, analyze, making a plan, execute and evaluate to help us from, from spinning out of control in, in moments that feel overwhelming. And God, we each of us have them. Sometimes every day. God, I pray that you would help us to grow closer to you, to trust you more, to help work out this plan within Jesus' plan, your son, so that we can grow in the likeness and power of your son so we can execute the things that you've planned for us in advance. God, you've declared that each of us are created in you. We are your workmanship and you have goals and you have jobs for us to do. And each of us have been gifted by the Holy Spirit and you have, have empowered us to execute those gifts. So God, please come and help us to do that and to do those things well. We give you this time, we give you this night, and we give you this fellowship that is about to take place. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you live in the Durham region, we'd love to have you join us for our Thursday evening services. For more information, check out our social media pages at CalvaryBCOshawaYA or website www.calvary.on.ca. 